0: Everybody, it is January twenty six, two thousand eighteen, and you're listening to the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brett Aslik, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, car whatever. And guys, we're in between auto shows. We had the North American International Auto Show last week, wrap up uh, midway through the week. We have uh, the Chicago Auto Show coming up in the next couple of weeks, so we're kind of floating a little bit so uh as far as the news segment goes we do actually have a fairly important story to discuss and that is uh, PSA uh Peugeot, Citroën, Opel are the big brands that they own uh they're coming to the United States they swear it upon their mother's graves uh that it's gonna happen so we'll talk a little bit about what that means maybe a model or two that might be interesting to bring over here um but fitting into their time frame how that's all gonna work out Second up, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Jeep uh, Cherokee and specifically about the refresh, um, about some of the capabilities that this thing has that I wasn't even completely aware of, and then maybe kind of make that segment and maybe, I don't know, a revision of my midsize crossover recommendation from the uh, Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide where I selected the Cherokee as the outside option. I might say that it might be a strong contender for the middle place. I don't know, we'll see. There's a lot to discuss about the new Cherokee. And then last up, since around the idea of FCA-branded four-wheel drive vehicles, we're going to talk about the Fiat Panda 4x4, one of my favorite small cars that is not sold here in the United States. Uh, Jeep apparently wants to make a small SUV, an even smaller version of something. Uh, They're saying it's going to be for international markets, it could come here, it might not. My hope is it's the Panda 4x4. So we'll talk about that in the final segment. But yeah, guys, it's going to be a great episode. So stick here with your ears. I don't know. uh, After the bump. So PSA uh, plans to come to the United States market by 2026. They just established their corporate headquarters in Atlanta earlier this week. Uh, They are promising that they are going to start offering their cars in the United States as part of a ride-sharing app uh, in 2020, and then they're going to be using data from that service, uh, feedback from the drivers who use those vehicles to help design uh, new things working on by the French engineers, and have these cars on the road by the mid 2020s. Uh, really different way of doing things, you know. After all, Fiat came to the United States recent, recently after a long absence. Uh, Fiat was able to basically buy a dealer network when Chrysler went bankrupt, and it worked out very well for them. Fiat Chrysler is just about to start turning profits, get all their debts paid off. It's it's worked out very well for them, and they've made the right call by investing a lot of time and energy in crossover and SUV designs. The French are kind of going, we need to make more money, and the only way to do it is to get into the North American market. And the cool thing is, is that French design in automobiles has always been kind of parallel to what... American design historically has been. Uh, French cars, just like American cars, have always been a little bit more highly stylized. They've also been a little bit more focused on comfort. Um, The big distinction between French and American design, at least in terms of engineering, has historically been power. Um, American cars tend to be overpowered, over-engined, a little bit fuel-hungry, versus French cars that have been barely adequate for power in many instances, but more fuel efficient. Um, French cars have also had a little bit more of a hard edge when it comes to sportier designs. Um, Americans have kind of gotten there we're, we're we're getting to that european mindset of design and engineering when it comes to performance vehicles but the french they've done their own thing that have been has been weird for a long time and they make some of the best small sporty hatchbacks in the world and i'm excited that maybe eventually someday we'll be able to get a 208 gti or a uh well a 208 gti that's the best one i know of right now because we're not getting Renaults anytime soon but uh yeah They make some really cool, fast cars, so we'll see. But uh, the main call-out right now for the French coming to the United States is that they don't have a small four-wheel drive crossover available. They've got a ton of crossover-like vehicles that look the part, that... You know, honestly, would be smart buys for any American uh, when it comes to, you know, comfort, fuel economy, interesting design, colors, uh, being made available. Uh, It's it's cool. You know, something like the C4 Cactus, one of the most interesting cars sold anywhere in the world. Uh, You know, it could be here in just two years on on streets to be able to rent and do whatever. Um, Just a quick rundown of the Cactus. I love this car. It's a It's a thing that's about the size of a Ford Focus, maybe a little bit bigger. Um, It rides up kind of high, so, you know, you got that easy step in, um, but it's kind of like turtle-shaped. I don't really know how to explain it, and it's got these little bumpers on the outside of the car that uh, prevent shopping trolleys from banging into you and scratching up the sides of your vehicle. Um, The interior has got a very clear dis- design to be uh, kind of Spartan and overall look but have like really comfortable easy riding seats um, you know they're the cars are also known for being very cheap um, and being very fuel econo- economy economy uh, focused and it's just it's such a cool design and it's you know it's so French it's so French it's arguably the most French car that we've seen since you know the uh, XM or the DS or anything like that so I definitely think of the cars that PSA produces that we're going to see first. The C4 uh, Cactus seems to be the right one. But four-wheel drive systems, uh, they, they don't have one. They don't offer any on any of the Peugeots or Citroëns or DSs right now. Um, good thing is that they bought Opel last year. Um, so Opel was the engineering arm for GM for a long time, producing engines and transmissions and drive lines and all that. So they do have a way to get four-wheel drive into some of these vehicles, The question is whether or not they think that's the smartest way to do it. I don't know. I mean, the DS line seems to be the odds-on favorite for a lot of automotive journalists because it's a more premium, design-focused brand uh, that tends to cater more towards that low-level Lexus buyer. But Citroën, man, it's the way to go. It looks cool. They drive cool. They're interesting. They're young. They're hip. I don't know. But I'm just excited to be able to get French cars in the United States relatively soon. So, rewind the clock back a couple of weeks, a couple months, I don't even know. Uh, we did the uh, Savage Title, Car Buyer's Guide, we did the midsize crossover uh, segment, and we talked about the Jeep Grand, or not the Jeep Grand Cherokee, but the regular Jeep Cherokee as my fourth choice, the outside choice, the one that uh, is a little bit more interesting flavor-wise uh, compared to some of the other ones. You know, I uh, put, unsurprisingly, you know, Hondas and uh you know a couple other things a little bit further ahead in the segment uh but this one kind of seems to make the right choices uh for the market and with the revisions that come on the 2019 model that were announced at the detroit auto show you're really looking at a well mid-size crossover suv i don't know what we want to call it anymore uh that seems to be making a lot of the right choices uh jeep did redesign the vehicle both uh on the outside and on the inside, offering a larger infotainment screen, a little bit more of a better layout on the dashboard. Uh, But they got rid of that weird beak in the eyes that the previous version had. They also cleaned up the tailgate appearance to make it a little bit more in line with the rest of the Jeep family, and they add a little bit more space to the trunk, which is always a good thing. Um, It's very clear to me, I guess, that uh, they're trying to make a bit more of a distinction between the Compass and the Cherokee, which before that i don't feel like there was enough of Uh, the compass of course is the slightly larger sibling to the renegade uses the same platform adds a couple inches to the wheelbase gives a little bit more space a little bit more of a overall grand cherokee like appearance to the vehicle Um, that compass uses the same 2.4 liter engine nine speed automatic four-wheel drive system that the base trim version cherokee does and with them looking so similar now I kind of go, what's the point? Um, and this, I think, is going to be the greatest drawback for the Cherokee altogether, is that you've got the Compass, which is a very good vehicle. is very good off-road. It is appropriately sized. It gets pretty decent fuel economy. And you can step up to the Cherokee, which is only slightly larger, gets slightly worse fuel economy, and has the same amount of power ratings as that Compass. I don't know why Jeep would keep the 2.4 liter engine available in that model, in the Cherokee, when they offer the 3.2 liter V6, which gets near enough the same fuel economy. I think it's down one on both of those notches uh, compared to the four-cylinder. They should just make that the base engine. Make it a clear distinction, a clear jump from the Compass to the Cherokee, uh, and, you know, offer something that nobody else offers in that segment anymore, and that's a V6. I don't know. It just seems like very easy choice to make. Jeep is going to be offering a new 2-liter turbo with an electric hybrid assist system on the uh, Cherokee very soon. Um, Actually, I think it might even be out now. I don't know if models are hitting dealers quite yet. But uh, a lot more power, a lot more fuel economy compared to the V6. It's going to be the range-topping engine. It's probably going to be a couple grand uh, to option onto it. But, you know, again, it's another clear step up from the Compass. Um, Yeah, it's also got, you know, a pretty trick four-wheel drive system. Uh, Jeep has said repeatedly that the Cherokee is more than likely the most uh, capable four-wheel drive uh, system, model, whatever, that they have compared to the Wrangler. Uh, The Wrangler is, of course, as of no exception in the market, uh, outside of maybe a Mercedes G-Wagon or the forthcoming Land Rover Defender, you're not going to find something that's uh, that capable off-road. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, do do I take the Cherokee out of the fourth place and have it bump off something in that lineup? Do I have it bump off something like the GMC Terrain? Um, you know, maybe. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I really like the Cherokee. I really like the style choices that they're making. I really like the four-wheel drive capability that it has off-road. And, you know, whether you've got a four-wheel drive latitude or you've got a top-trim trailhawk, it's going to be able to do a lot of things that a lot of other crossovers in the segment can't do. And... You know, that's not worth nothing. Um, you know, I, as far as, as much as I complain about Fiat's ridiculously stupid choices, uh, whether it's on powertrains or design or pricing or packaging or whatever, they, they sell well. Uh, these Jeeps, you know, they, they sell well all over the country and all over the world and, you know, they made the right call investing in crossovers and SUVs and this Cherokee is of no exception. So, Maybe when we go back and revisit the midsize SUV segment for 2018, we'll add it back in there. But uh, for now, yeah, it's still the fourth place option, I think. Uh, get that V6, get the Trailhawk model. It's going to be a good way to go. So last up, car that's been on my mind. Uh, has to do with a story that kind of broke within the past day or two, and it kind of goes back to the last story. Uh, Jeep wants another car in their lineup, and by car I mean crossover, and by crossover I mean something smaller than the Renegade. Um, the Renegade is the smallest option that they offer in the U.S. Um, it's a it's an appropriately sized crossover. It's based on the platform that formerly was underneath the Dodge Dart and the Chrysler 200. It shares a platform with a... Uh, Alfa Romeo over in Italy that is maybe no longer produced? Not 100% sure. But anyway, uh, Fiat says that they want a new tiny crossover, and they're saying that it might be Europe only, maybe Asia, maybe come the United States. They don't 100% know, um, but they're going to have some excess capacity to start building some small crossovers very soon. Um, What it made me think of, of course, is the Fiat Panda uh, the Fiat Panda is a small car that has been sold in uh, Europe since the mid-late 80s. Um, think of something around the size of a Ford uh, Fiesta, um, a little bit more hatchbacky. and by that I mean it looks like a shoebox, breadbox, whatever. It's, it's very square and utilitarian. They make a version of the Fiat Panda called the Fiat Panda 4x4. And the Fiat Panda 4x4 has been known for many years as being a very capable, very small four-wheel drive model uh, in the Fiat lineup. Uh, so imagine the Jeep Renegade shrunk about another, you know, 33%, 40%. Um, it's got a small, uh, you could get a two-cylinder turbocharged engine. I think they also offer a very small four-cylinder turbocharged engine. Correct me if I'm wrong, Internet, but I think it's the 1.6-liter turbo from the Fiat 500. It's mated to a uh, automatic gearbox, or you can get a manual, too. And then it's got this really trick four-wheel drive system that is uh, open differentials on the front and back, but they use these electronically cl- controlled differentials on the front and rear axle that distribute power left and right, uh, depending on where slippage is, um, to send power all over the place to get this thing out of little holes that it might fall into. This car is a scamp in the greatest sense of the word, uh, where your big, you know, $80,000 Toyota Land Cruiser, you know, goes, you know, smashing through, you know, standing water and big mud holes and through dirt and climbs over everything this little tiny car just kind of scurries around and finds different ways to get traction and go all over the place and it's like it's the perfect sized vehicle for city dwellers especially here in the midwest who not only have to contend with you know higher fuel prices um you know you know large sizes that don't really work in small urban centers but still have to deal with inclement weather you know uh, snow and ice is always a hurdle where you know you got to contend with two or three inches of snow. Why not get a four-wheel drive-equipped vehicle? And that's what a lot of people have kind of gone towards. And, you know, not everybody needs a Subaru XV Crosstech. Sometimes you only need something the size of a Fiat, or a, a Fiat 500 or, you know, a Ford Fiesta or something like that. And this would be the perfect middle ground. So, with Jeep saying that they want to make another smaller crossover, I guess it kind of makes sense to me that they would go for something like the Fiat Panda and brand it as a Jeep. Um, This has been the ongoing rumor ever since Fiat acquired uh, Chrysler in the uh, late 2000s. It's been an ongoing dream of a lot of people to get the Fiat Panda over here. And, I don't know, now is the time. The question is whether or not Fiat thinks it's time to bring that model to the U.S. And, well, if I'm a betting man... Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's tough to say because, you know, they promised us to have a small car and a small sedan in the U.S. to replace the Dart and the 200, They haven't done it yet. And, you know, let's just be fair, Dodge isn't exactly the most entertaining brand to purchase from, nor is Chrysler. Jeep is the brand at Fiat right now that has all the attention besides Alfa Romeo. And if you wanted to build a new small, fuel-efficient car to sell to a lot of people, it would make sense to give it a Jeep name. Uh, You know, the the last-generation Compass didn't exactly set the world on fire, but it was a poorly designed vehicle based on a poorly designed platform with poorly designed engines and transmissions, It was never going to work. But with something like this that could be fun, exciting, capable, interesting, and right sized for big cities where inclement weather happens, I think it's time. It's time for the Fiat Panda to come to the United States and continue to always be a car on all of our minds. All right, guys, that just about wraps up this episode of the Salvage Title podcast for Friday, January 26, 2018. In case you didn't know, you can listen to this podcast on a wide variety of platforms, not just here on Anchor.fm, but also on Apple iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Uh, even Pocket Casts, uh, all those, the RSS feeds are available. Um, Within that feed, you're also going to find episodes of the Salvage Title branded shows. Uh, We're going to have the Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide where we go into a segment of vehicles and we talk about what I think are the top three choices and then add a fourth option for flavor. We've done midsize crossovers. We've done compact cars, um, you know, we i owe you guys a pickup truck segment so we're going to talk about pickup trucks in the next one uh definitely going to do the smaller pickup trucks so uh i don't know what you want to call them not quarter ton vehicles smaller yeah anyway uh that's coming soon uh if you want to reach out to me at any given time uh you can find me on twitter at yssman or here on anchor fm at anchor.fm slash yssman where you can also leave a comment which i can publish into these uh episodes. It's always fun. It's a thing. I don't know. I've never really done one because I haven't gotten one recently other than a weird thing. But yeah. Anyway, things. So, we're going to wrap this episode up. Guys, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. If you're here in the Midwest, come on out to the Detroit Auto Show. It wraps up on Sunday. They've got things out there for you to touch, smell, and feel. Um, unfortunately, I won't be able to go, so I'll be waiting for the Chicago Auto Show in just a few short weeks. But uh yeah, guys, It's cool. Stay cool. Do whatever you got to do. I don't know. I'm dancing weird in my kitchen as I record this because that's how we do it. So until next time, guys, we'll see you real soon.